In a recording made in 1992 with Brendan Dunn, he related his experiences as a stonemason on Lambay Island. Brendan lives in Rogerstown and he's lived by the sea all his life. And I wondered, had the sea ever come a bit too close at any time? I was fishing. I went on this boat during the war, the Guiding Light. She was a small fishing boat, decked with four of her crew. And she would, they were doing so well, this fishing company, or this fishing family, Georgie Coe was... The, the, the skipper, Lord of Mercy and George, is dead. They're all dead, they were in a bar me. I don't know why I'm kept alive at all. <laughs> but anyway, we used to have to go down, uh, maybe when the oil dial go once, maybe tw- uh, once at least a month for the get. There was no, we had no rations for her because they bought her in Northern Ireland during the war. And we had to have a rations for, for fuel. And we had no rations. And uh, we used to go down there for diet. And this this uh, particular time we were down, uh, we uh, left about twelve o'clock at night. And we were tied up alongside an, uh, a coal boat, and that hatch us off. And we were level with it, you know, it was a grand night. And God, we 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 we, we literally took a ton of coal off, and we threw it down. You know, bring home. You couldn't get coal or anything. So. Uh, Damn it, uh, we were motoring away, George, he'd say, oh, follow that light, he says, I wonder if you could hear boats going up, up to uh, up to Dublin, up to fish, and we followed this fucking light, the, the, the compass was out of order, I think when we were going, when we thought we were going south, we were going north, <laughs> and George, and we were going for about 12, it must have been about, Four or five o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. So we should see the lights of the rocket build by now. There was no sign of any lights, so we started to to sound the water, see what depth it was under us. We couldn't get the bottom. <laughs> so we 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 steamed in for a uh, oh, it was about four in the morning. But then anyway, we uh, we were. Uh, we steamed in and we, we got for a, a couple of hours and then we we went off again and the next thing we saw land. <laughs> I don't know what time it was and the next day and we we, we, we went in to we saw a little bit of a cove or some kind of a, a harbour way in and we went into it and uh, nice and easy because we didn't know where we were and a couple of fellas come down. It was an island of some description, and uh, I was in the, in, in the bay with Wiley Harford, you know, and they're all, the crew was all dead. He says, he said to him, he said, we were blowing off course. We don't know, we don't know where we are. Where, uh, and he, he says, uh, George, he said to me, I says, what did what he say? He said, me don't I speak the English. <laughs> John Cripes, says George, and he reads that. I was only just calling them, you know. But we were up in the, in the outer Hebrides, just <laughs> sometime the next day, next evening. Ah, so don't be talking. Such, such. Every time we went out, the, 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 we'd have to be towed in, or the, 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 the Air Force would be after us on the cliff. She was The boat was rotten, and the, the gear was rotten. 
And I was in her seven months, and I only earned 23 shillings for seven months. We only shared one, one, <laughs> one week. It was a really bad week, and that particular day we were out, we went out for, for a couple of weeks after because she nearly sunk when we went out with the, with the chops. It was a bad day, and we didn't go out deep. We went away down under the islands at Skerries, and we made a ring. It was ringing we were down, and we were lucky we weren't out deep. But Wiley said to me when we were out of putting out the, uh, throwing out the nets and we were just hauling them in the ring and she they went down to see uh, it's the kettle boiling. So I went down and sort of thinking everything was slack, the water was slashing up and down, the fish boxes rooting around. So we got to come back, she said, she's full of water, so they said all the way down the head. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, we afraid we got her into scaries. I mean she needed scaries she sunk. In the in the harbour, so we were fortunate there, cogging her up there to get her out again. So we never when when we'd have the fish nearly in, in the ring, just maybe we lifting it up. Surely to God, there were engines stop, fish would all swim out and that was the end of it. And what was ringing? Uh, how did you tell us about that? I it's, it's, you put down a mark or there was a. a, a a big net, you see, and there was ropes each side of it. And you went around the big ring with this net. You know, there were sinkers on it to go down to the bottom. And it went around the big ring like that. And away back into the marker again, they had a flag on it. And then they winched the whole thing. There was a big bag on it for to catch the fish. Anything within that big ring, you'd catch it. Okay. That's the way the fish... Oh, that was after... used to be hooking before that. used to hook the fish. Long lines. Just long lines. Yeah. Then they come into this with a better way, the, the, the ringing, the smaller boats down, and, and, and the, the bigger steamboats used to do the trawl. And, but that's, uh, that's what we call the ringing. Uh, even though you're only about 30-odd years here in Rogerstown, you lived in Rush at the harbour. Uh, the, the it's only about a couple time. of miles or, or so away from Oh, that's all. Well, uh, even as a child, what were your early memories of Rogerstown here itself? I mean, what was in Rogerstown? Well, Rogerstown here uh, was... The, the soldiers used to be down there in the mash, just down there, the other side of the harbour. There's a, 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 a low lion, there's cattle on it now, very low lion and rushes on it, call that the, the marsh. And the soldiers had their camps there. Uh, the British Army, and they used to swim the horses across their train and to be on the horses, some of them holding on to their tails and all, back and forth across the uh, the river, you know. And uh, this was, at that time or before it, it was, this was a real smugglers. Then all the way up the estuary up there, there's cross is built in the wall. There's a big cross built in the wall up there, the mash, the other side of them. That was a, 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 a that was a, a, what do you call them, a custom man that the smuggler shot. You see, <laughs> they used to go way up to Broad River, but Broad, uh, the Broad Meadow, way up uh, Roger Summer, but it's all filled in now with the dump, you know. And uh, But the British Army were, that was only a temporary camp, there were tents. Ah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 on the little pier itself, there's, there is a building. It's like a big store. What, what's, what was that? Is that just a storehouse? Uh, at, in my time, it was uh, 
uh, it was uh, a coal carry. The big he was a big landowner and he had a big he had a, a shop up in the town. Robert Carey he owned that pier. Revelstoke owns it now, and he brought in the coal boats from England, Lonsdale and them. Boats about only about two hundred tons, you know, of coal for the coal, and he had. Uh, tracks and, and, and trolleys and all up and big steel that were only taken down a year or two ago and they filled them, they, they put the, these, these, they'd run the, the, the trolley loads of coal into the coal yard, the coal was two stories, that had a doorway and that and they just dump it in into the coal, that was coal store but before his time I think it was something else. The historians would tell you it was built for some kind of a... Uh, you remember those those coal ships yourself? Oh, yes. It's only 200 tonne. What kind of land would they be? It seems such a very small estuary here for ships to be going up and down. Oh, they, well, it was fairly... Those ships used to keep it open then, with coming up and down with the propellers and all. It's all okay. silted in now. And, uh, oh, they were big ships, but... Uh, they, they always had to have a pilot out here for to take them in, you know, because the bar used to shift, or shifting sand here, you know, oh, yes. and they'd have to put markers down then the day before the, the, the pilot. The pilot would have to do that, you know. And uh, I don't know, it's always I remember them well. And before that, there used to be huge schooners used to come in. But I can't remember my father talking about a big schooner that was in and this sailor was wrapping up, and I can't remember the term he made, wrapping up the, 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 the it was away out in the bowsprit, wrapping up the sails and all. And uh, there was an old farmer here, but you think when he, he was fond of that, the soap, Kit Pat Jones was his name, father of all the Joneses, is Kit Jones and all them. And he knew more about the sea and about uh, about the, 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 the ports in the world than any sailor. And he was never, his father used to laugh, he says he was never as far as his land, I don't mind anything else. And this sailor was was was, was tying up, up the sails way out in the jib, the jib and all. And he asked him, did you ever see a ship like this before? You know, <laughs> and he says... I did, he says, but I never saw a man, and I can't remember the, the term he made. Uh, 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 wrapping up uh, uh, what you call him, where something else should have been anyway, the jib where some other uh, sail should be. And he got a right, a right level. I imagine more about the sailing ships than the sailors themselves. And he was, he was, he was a, a, a landlubber, he was a farmer. But he often, he had a great joke about him, Pat Jones, his name. Uh, he was a hard case. Do you, do you remember the, the, um, you remember the, 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 the Palmers in Kinuano? Oh, sir, I worked for, uh, I worked over there. I slated a, 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 the, a, a, the roof for, for Cornell Palmer. And uh, uh, was the 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 watch uh, the wash house it was it wasn't the main it was uh, house oh it's a good few years ago worked over there and he was telling me I 
He told me about his estate in Oswestry in North Wales. He had another estate there. Of course, he, he was Colonel Palmer in England. He was in, in the English Army, he was a Colonel. Uh, Lady Palmer was his antecedents before him, you know, Rogers. Uh, but uh, he was telling me, oh, she's, she's, uh, I was telling him I walked over in England. It was the last place we were in, so it was Oswestry. So there was a militia camp. And he said to me, so I in the state there. And it was, uh, it was, uh, the military was using it. I said, God says, I said, that's where the, the what you call in the militia camp for the soldiers, or the, the, where they were calling them up and training them in the time access. I was working on that. And says, I, I didn't know you owned the estate. And I was lodging alongside it. And you see, in a, there was a couple of houses. There was another a town, like from here to Skerries, the other side of it. And I was out at the dance one night, come at one o'clock in the morning, and says, I, I come through the, the estate. You know, and I think for a short cut, I was going to cut four, three, two or three miles off, you know. And pitch dark at night, one o'clock in the morning or sometime. And of course I was walking in it. And the next thing <laughs> this voice comes and says, who goes there? It was a sentry. God, I know, and I told him, a oh, friend, says I. So he told me, thanks, friend, if you recognize me. He clicked the tear, the, the, the go and click, and then he marched me up. He didn't ask me any questions. marched me up to the, to the officer's mess. It was only uh, 50 yards or so away, and they brought me in before it. And of course, I was an Irish man in the middle of the war, in the middle of the night, going through a thickened uh, camp in the estate. I was looking now when I think of it <laughs> after, you know, because uh, uh, they questioned me up and down and down and up. And I told them, I was lodging here, lungs in the house, told them, and so I was working on the estate here, in the, the camp here, in the militia camp. And they asked me then, uh, what's your number? See, we were all, we had a number, you know. So, and I was able to give him a number. And that was all right, they would explain everything. So let me go. <laughs> I got away. Ending another program there for us was Brendan Dunn in a recording made in 1992 in April. My thanks this week goes to David Parks, Francie Rogan, Michael Hall for his poetry, and of course, Brendan Dunn. This is Jim Hawkins saying goodbye till next week. <laughs>